and I'll bet that they're being heard on every radio telescope on the entire Earth. Are you feeling by any chance like a goober? I know you are, but what am I? What does it look like I'm doing picking goobers? Pardon me, did I hear you say? On the radio, he is introduced like this. You're listening to the Goober Hour. Congratulations. Somewhere, someone special just for me. Somewhere, someone special must be. Somewhere out there, there is someone special just for me. And perhaps they're listening to the Goober Hour right now, just like you. Welcome to the Goober Hour. My name is Trevor Walls. I'm going to be your host through this hour of wackiness. I hope you're having a good Saturday. I know I'm in the in the middle of a heat wave right now. It's not been so great here in Los Angeles, not going to lie. It's very hot outside, so I'm happy to be indoors hosting this show for you. And what a show it is. Today, I'm going to be talking to the amazing Grammy-nominated comedian, musician, extraordinaire, Billy Kelly. He's one of my biggest role models. I can't wait to chat with him all about his career, inspirations, and, um, you know, the works. But first, coming up, I'm going to be taking a call from one of you listeners, so stay tuned for an on-air caller and a whole bunch of music that I can't wait to play for you, too. But before we get started, how are you feeling? I'm so Things that bother you never bother me. Things that bother you never bother me. I feel happy and fine. Ha ha! Living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. Having got a lot, I don't need a lot. Coffee's only a dime. Living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. Free as any daughter. 
I love, just when I like, and how I love you. Caller, you're on the air. Oh, I'm on the air. Yeah, yeah. Who am I speaking with? This is Phil. Uh, pardon me? This is Phil. Like Phil, like Phil, uh, like the Philharmonic. Like the Phil. Phil. Oh, Phil. Hey, Phil, like the Philharmonic. How are you? Not good, Trevor. Not good. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's okay. I'm actually just calling for some advice. I was hoping that this is like sort of a oh, some uh, helpline. Sure, yeah, we can do like a life advice segment. What can we help you with? Well, I would like some advice on what to do if if you, when you've turned when you've turned invisible. I'm sorry. If you've ever turned invisible, when you turn invisible, how do you how do you do deal with that? Are, you've turned invisible. Yeah. I, okay. I I invisible. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, anything's possible if you put your mind to it, you know. I, I suppose that's true. So you're saying that that you have become invisible. I have become invisible indeed. That's what I'm saying. If you've seen the movie The Invisible Man, have you ever seen that movie? Oh, the Universal Studios movie, The Invisible Man. Yeah, that yes, is I've literally seen. my biography. Now I have I've turned invisible, and I'm never turning back. I'm. I'm sorry to hear that. I, I see. I'm still wrapping my mind around the fact that you are an invisible being. That's that's something I've never yeah, it's quite, heard of it's happening. It's quite a tricky situation. I'm listen, Trevor. I'm gonna be transparent with you. <laughs> transparent because you're because you're invisible. I don't get it. Oh, I'm uh, okay. I need your help. I I don't know what to do. Can I ask how you became? Invisible? How did how did you turn invisible? Trevor. Yes. Trevor, listen. Are you listening to me, Trevor? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm listening. Listen closely, okay? Yeah. I have no stinking idea how I turn invisible. I'm just invisible. Okay. okay. How do how do you know 
you're invisible. So when so when you're standing in front of a mirror, do you just not see yourself? Do you go full vampire? No one's there? Well, I can see myself fine. That's not the issue, Trevor. I'm invisible. You're invisible. Right, but so you see yourself in the mirror. So 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 what has led you to believe that you're I'm not saying you're you're not invisible. I'm just asking why do you think that you're invisible? My girlfriend did your girlfriend say that you're invisible? My girlfriend can't see me anymore. Your girlfriend, she she can't see you anymore, so you've become invisible. I wonder how many times I've said invisible in the last yeah, couple minutes. Yeah, my girlfriend can't see me anymore, and I've fully turned invisible. Okay, okay um, listen, Phil, Phil, it's Phil, right? Phil, I'm Phil, invisible Phil. Phil, you can call me Invisiphil now. I'm I'm just I'm just gonna call you Phil. Um I'm I'm starting to think that maybe your girlfriend What do you say? Are might, you, wait, hold on a second. Are you saying what I'm thinking you're saying? Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think that maybe your girlfriend just might um just might not want to talk to you right now. No, that's not the situation with Margaret and me. I'm I'm one hundred percent confident of that. I have turned invisible. She can't even look me in the eyes, Trevor. Oh dear. Okay. So what am I gonna do? What? What am I gonna do? Um, I'm starting to think that maybe you should just um leave Margaret alone for a little while. Okay, um, I think I finally understand what you're saying, Trevor. You do? I finally get it. Invisiphil gets it. I'm so glad. You're saying that I'm not invisible. I'm just purely invisible in Margaret's universe. Uh, Margaret no, cannot no, see me. And there's been put a, some kind of curse on was, me that my girlfriend Margaret um, can't see me, but everybody else can oh see boy. me. Is that uh, what you're saying? You know what? Yeah, Phil. Phil, you know what? I think you might be right. I think that's. I think it might be time to move on. Oh, it's rat. Yeah, I think it's... All right, I'm going to start looking for maybe some invisible people to hang out with instead of real people. Okay. okay. Wait what? a second. Yeah. How am I supposed to find invisible people? They're invisible. I I literally have no answer for you. This Trevor. I'm I'm so I'm so sorry, Phil. I, you know, best of luck to you. Thanks for listening to the Goober Hour. Yeah, you know what? It's good news for you. You've got an even wider demographic now. Even people who can't not be seen by Margaret are listening to the Goober Hour. I guess you could say that. Yeah, that's... All right, well, I send yeah. my regards. Best of luck, Trevor. Best of luck to... No, best of luck to you. Best yeah. of luck, Trevor. Uh, yep, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. At night, when the lake is a mirror And the moon rides the waves to the shore Sets his voice singing Content to be slightly forlorn A song rises over the lilies Sweeps high to clear over the reeds And over the bulrushes sway To pluck at a pair of heartstrings Two voices, now they are singing then ten, as the melody soars Round the shimmering pond all are joining in song As it carries their reverie on Over the treetops and mountains break any minute now but right now uh, back to our regular program you remember steve 
He was at that Labor Day party You remember Steve He used to live around the corner from your mom's house Not the house that she lives in now The house where she used to live a long time ago Before we first met Steve You remember Steve He was friends with that guy from the restaurant You remember Steve That guy who told us he was moving to Chicago No, not Steve, he still lives around here The guy from the restaurant moved out to Chicago Anyway, you remember Steve Steve helped us shovel out the car one time When it got snowed in, it was late at night He had a scarf pulled up around his head pretty high So that might be why you're having trouble picturing him But you remember Steve We used to see him walk his dog on 3rd Street You remember Steve He's got that dog with the really weird tongue And Steve kind of looks like a young Uncle Sam Especially when he has the beard Which I don't think he has right now Trust me, you remember Steve You'll recognize Steve when you see him, I bet He has the kind of face that you don't forget And I'm absolutely positively certain that you've met So I'm kind of surprised you're not remembering him But you remember Steve at that Labor Day party You remember Steve The one where you spilled salad dressing on your shirt And Steve used to live around the block from your mom At the house where she used to live a long time ago How are you not remembering Steve? Welcome back to the Goober Hour. I am now here with the man of the hour, Monsieur Billy Kelly. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> thank me for joining you. Yeah, thank you. Was that a demand? I'm thank you for I'm welcome, joining. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. First of all, I just want to say, as you know, I'm a huge fan. I loved your albums when I started hosting radio as a kid. They kind of blew my mind. Um, the blend of genres with comedy and genuine stuff. Mindless pop song. It's one of my favorite songs forever. Thank I think you. It's thank lovely. you. And also, while I was making the Zing Zangs album with Dean, I'm sort of embarrassed to admit, I was sort of out of the scene for a bit, had not heard the word of the amazing Grammy-nominated masterpiece that is Trees. Oh, um, yes. And when we were working with Dean, I, this is the highest honor I've ever received. He said, this is giving me sort of Trees vibes. And he sent the All album right. and we both fell in love. It was the biggest inspiration to our style. It's an incredible album. Um, Thank so you so much. I I'll love tell everything Molly you, do. you said so. Okay, thank you. So, I just want to ask, I guess this is just interview trope, I have to ask this, how did it all get started? What brought you to to being an entertainer, musician, comedian? Uh, oh gosh, I have always wanted to uh, be a children's entertainer since I was a kid. Um, I wanted to be a, a book illustrator, a children's book illustrator when I was a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I started writing songs for kids once I had my own kids, I was able to entertain them on a daily basis. And then I guess that's where most of my energy went. And then once my kids were in, uh, my oldest, when she was in preschool, I realized I had written like 30 songs to entertain them. And I took them into our preschool to play them for, for the kids there. And it went well. And I thought, oh, these are kind of fun. You know, it had like, like I said, mindless pop song and um, thank you for joining the happy club and people really like milk. I had that whole first album written and I thought, well, the kids liked it. So maybe I should record it and put it out into the world. And that's what I did. That was 2009. Right. I remember I was nine. Um. <laughs> Susie sits and frets with her worries and regrets. When low, the mindless pop song comes along. And it takes a little while. But soon Susie can't help but smile When she hears the mindless pop song playing strong Oh, thank you mindless pop song Yeah, yeah, yeah Greg's got far to go And he turns on the radio Because he hopes that the mindless pop song will come on 
sold And makes 18 tires roll And soon Greg and the mindless pop song Both are long gone Roll on mindless pop song Second verse and chorus, then the bridge comes in to change it up before the instrumental break. Hey, hey, hey. As a songwriter, I think that you're one of my biggest inspirations because of your approach to sincerity versus silliness. I think you've got all sides of the spectrum with albums like Trees, but then also uh, albums like Welp. Like I like, I love the balance that you do. Do you have any specific approach when it comes to writing songs? That, thank you, first of all. That's quite a compliment. And thanks for noticing. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> someone noticed that I can do sincerity and humor. My approach, I Trevor, I just keep my brain open for ideas i sort of like keep the antenna out at all times for new ideas and i just wait and see what the idea is when it comes to me sometimes like you know you get a joke idea you get a i get an idea for a song a little melody i start writing words and i think oh this is kind of serious this isn't maybe gonna work uh, as a comedy song i just let it go wherever it goes i happen to do a number of different things pretty regularly so i end up then with a lot of material to choose from because i just try to write all the time basically so yeah i just wait and see where this where the idea goes and then i decide after okay that's a kid's song sometimes that is an arbitrary decision um <laughs> like trees we put that we weren't even thinking of that really as a treat as a children's music album it's just songs about trees when we finished it we said well something about it feels like it's for kids but i don't i never actually understood why an album called Trees has to just be for kids. You know, I have a joke that you can you can sing about going to the beach. That's for adults. You could sing about uh, love. That's for adults. You could sing about driving a car. That's for adults. In fact, that's the entire Beach Boys catalog. Um, <laughs> but you do a song about an album about trees and people say, well, clearly that's for children. Uh, so I, sometimes I let the audience decide, too. So right, that makes I don't sense. know what I, I don't know what I'm doing. I think that's the short answer, Trevor. <laughs> okay, great. Because I was going to ask, like, what? how do you categorize the amount of stuff that, that you come up with? What ends up being a joke for a stand-up set? What ends up being a full song on an album marketed for kids? Um, what becomes an adult indie song? Is there any specific factor? You know, again, it's just, I just write all the time. And that's always my advice to people. Like when I talk to other people doing this, I say, just keep making stuff and event you know like if you're a painter and you go in your painting studio every day and paint for half an hour at the end of a year you're going to have a lot of things that you've accomplished and i think just by keeping the creative wheels turning keeping ideas you know keep churning out ideas i just have a lot of stuff to choose from and it usually just dictates itself like i have this silly song i just put out called overrun with fruit flies um, yeah, we played it. We played it last week. Oh, thank week. you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that we just had a fruit fly infestation in the house during lockdown. And I was always dealing with these fruit flies. So I just started singing about it. And I wrote <laughs> half of the song and I thought, oh, that's funny. And then I found it maybe a year, a year and a half later. And I thought, oh, this is kind of good, but it's only half finished. So I went and I wrote the second half. And so I, I like that approach because I'm a visual artist too. And I'm used to that idea of just having sketchbooks and and when you don't have an idea, having a place you can go to just look at what you've already done and see like, oh, this is kind of good. This could be turned into something uh, that would be funny for kids in a comedy show or that would be a good, catchy kids music song or not. You know, if it's not that, then I just turn it into whatever I think it wants to be. Well, thank you for answering the question that I was not <laughs> going to ask, which is, is that autobiographical? Um, that was the first question I had the while listening to Over <laughs> with Fruit Flies. Um, Sadly, I'm happy to know. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, <it is. laughs> My house is over with fruit flies. Overrun with fruit flies. My fruit fly situation could improve. There's so many I can't capture swat and they're loving all the fruit I bought and they're taking over and I don't approve. Well, on that note, please indulge me now. 
as I go full Billy Kelly fan mode, I am going to ask yeah. you questions about your discography okay. that no general listener is going to stay tuned for. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I may not even know them. One of the many career highlights you've had was duetting with Davy Jones from yes. the Monkees on the album. Yeah. Is this some kind of joke? I remember that happening in 2010 um, while I was hosting, just beginning to host Kids Radio. I told my mom about, you know, I told my mom about everything. I was 10 years old, um, but I was like, hey, and Billy Kelly just has a song with Davy Jones and it actually made her gasp for the first time. Anything about <laughs> kids music made her gasp and um, <laughs> she listened to the song. What was it like to work with Davy Jones and how did that come about? It was amazing. He was a lovely guy. I was friends with, I uh, still am friends with his bass player. And I had this idea. I just loved the monkey so much. And I had this idea for this song. And I thought, I, I knew my friend knew him. And I said, do you think David Jones would sing on this song that I made? And he said, well, write him a little note and I'll drop it off to him. And I did. And sure enough, the phone rang one morning, a couple of weeks later. And uh, it was so funny. He would always say, um, I, I talked to him a, a bunch of times and we went to the studio together and we did the video. But he was funny because he would always say, like, if he talk, he would talk about like Mike Nesmith. He's like, I was talking to Mike Nesmith, you know, from the monkeys. And he would say that, you know, from the monkeys. And then he'd say, I was talking to Ringo Starr once, you know, from the Beatles. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I know who I know who Ringo Starr is, Davey. It was really funny. And he wasn't name dropping. He just like that guy was a legend. He came up with all, you know, he knew all those guys. He knew the Beatles. He hung out with them. So he he was great. He was a good sport. He was really funny. And I was really sad, you know, that we lost him and uh, it seemed like we were going to maybe remain friends after that. But he was he was a cool guy. Me and my haircut. Me and my brand new haircut We're strolling along We're singing this song Me and my haircut Me and my brand new haircut We're going downtown We're making the rounds My old friends don't recognize me When I say hello Do I know you? Yeah, but then they recognize me they go, oh, 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 you got a haircut, hey, you got a brand new haircut, I like it, thanks, you're welcome, thanks for saying you're welcome. Now I'm going to move on to Trees, that was of course Grammy nominated, um, my favorite work that you've done. What was the process like working with Molly and Dean in the studio for that one? It was a nightmare. Oh, Okay. Well, no, I'm kidding. We'll edit it this was out. delightful. We'll edit. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Gosh, it was so creative. We did that entire album in four and a half days. We no we went way. up. We went up to Kingston. We stayed with Morgan Taylor, who we love, and um, mm -hmm. Rachel and their boys. We stayed with them at night, and then we're in the studio from like I think we'd get there eight in the morning, and with you know lunch and dinner breaks, we'd go to like eleven at night or midnight, and we just banged it out there were no wrong answers you know dean was the producer we would just play him things and oh what about this okay let's try it i think every idea we chased worked the first time except there was one song i remember we had to keep coming back one was just like tough to get but it, it was just effortless fun it was just a magical week i love that that experience i love the experience as much as i love the album you know i just had such a fun time with both of them because i love them so much and it shows. I think that, that, you know, one thing people like about that album is it's fun. It sounds spontaneous. It's got some surprises in it. And that was the vibe when we did it. It was just very fun and let it go wherever it wants. And, and of course, Dean and Molly are just such uh, creative people, too. So it was just great to be in there with them. And it um, got nominated for a, an Emmy or a, a Tony or something. I forget what it was, but it, was, it got nominated <laughs> for something. And that's I all that matters. I think it matters. got an EGOT. Actually. It got an EGOT award. <laughs> Swaying in the gentle summer breeze. Woody plant standing taller than 13 feet. Fibers in her wood with an outer covering called bark. Leaves that manufacture food. From sunlight to Let's make time today to lie down in the shade beneath the trees. 
trunk whose diameter is at least three inches at a height of four and a half feet crown of foliage that might stay evergreen or might change color fall off at times let's make time today to lie down in the shade beneath the trees let's make time today to lie down in the shade beneath the trees this is my favorite thing about what happened before this interview. I was prepping. I always kind of do a bit of research, just refresh myself before interviewing people. And I'm telling my partner about how cool Billy Kelly is. I'm like, Billy Kelly is like, ideally, this type of stuff is what I want to be doing. It's so cool. The clock strikes nine on your Spotify and a new album called (laughs) Music from the Show Releases. It's a soundtrack to your Facebook live stream, Billy Kelly's Friday Evening Family-Friendly Comedy Show. It has hilarious songs on it. It's an incredible piece of art. You are such a genuine artiste that you did (laughs) not inform me that you literally had a collection of music coming out the day of our interview, which makes me laugh. Listeners, (laughs) for context, we obviously we ask our guests like what they like to promote. People always come to talk about their new stuff. You you said, if I'm correct, your response was, I can talk about any old thing I want. I think that's what you said. And did not even mention that today you have a new album yeah. out. I should probably get on top of that kind of thing. <laughs> Trevor, no, I'm, that's I'm, that's what I aspire to. You just make it I'm, for the sake of making it. That's it's Well, it's not deliberate. I'm, I'm a creative person first and foremost, and I'm not good at promoting myself. You know, <laughs> so like I actually, I forgot. I woke up this morning. I thought, oh, yeah, that thing comes out today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, I love that, that this album. It's called Music from This Show, as you said, and it's just 27 weird tracks that I made for this Facebook show that I did every single week during um, it's my dog. He oh, yeah. hates that album. And uh, sorry, <laughs> um, from the first lockdown through like when we were vaccinated and could go back outside, my daughter Lily and I did a show together every week or I did it. And she was the co-host and had no idea what I was going <laughs> to unleash upon her <laughs> in real time on Facebook. Um, and I made all this music for it. I forgot about it. So there's 27, I think it's 27 tracks. And it's short. It's like 35 minutes or something. And it's goofy. It's very lo-fi. But it's, it's like what I was saying earlier. You know, sometimes I go back into the, these folders and collections of ideas that I have. And I thought, holy cow, there's a whole album here of stuff. And some of it is actually listenable. <laughs> so, yeah, but sorry I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> no, don't be. It's, I, you know what? Because I do my job well, I figured it out. Yeah, you do. And we're here. So I have a new hobby now, bird watcher watching. (laughs) What I do is I go out, find some bird watchers, stand directly in front of them and look at them through binoculars. (laughs) Then to get their attention, I imitate their calls. Hey, cut it out. We can't see the birds. Stop copying me. (laughs) We have a good time. I want to talk about your stand-up a little bit. When I first heard you were doing stand-up, you were the first person I'd heard of from this Kids Place Live-driven world that was also leaping onward into comedy because I kind of took a hiatus and went to Second City and focused on comedy. And it blew my mind that you were doing the same thing. And then when your album, your first comedy album, titled My First Comedy Album, came out... Mm -hmm. That blew my mind because you had found this niche all ages comedy angle that wasn't really exclusive. I I had figured it was going to be like, okay, and here's his R rated comedy, but it totally blended with the world that you had already created with your music. So what led you to doing that style of stand up? Once again, thanks for noticing. Um, 
I started doing stand-up comedy in 2015 in my mid-40s. It just occurred to me to try it. I hadn't wasn't a lifelong dream or anything, but I, I was doing it for a while and I thought, okay, I really like this. I like making people laugh. I like the I like all of it. I like the shows, I like the excitement. But I can see that I'm not going to get anywhere because I'm, you know, I'm in my mid-40s already and I live in Pennsylvania. And I thought, I guess there's kind of an opening to do really family-friendly comedy that even a five or six-year-old could understand and hang with. And once I figured that out, then you know, I just gave up anything I was doing that didn't fit into that mold. And I just started working exclusively on developing that show. And yeah, I don't think anyone else is doing it. You know, obviously there are family-friendly comedians, but that tends to mean like there's no bad words. Um, and that's about it. And they can still go, you know, Jim Gaffigan is a hilarious family-friendly comedian, but he talks about, you know, he talks about drinking coffee and he talks about going to the gym and stuff. My idea was like, all right, there's going to be no bad words and I'm not going to talk about anything that kids won't understand or relate to. I thought, well, if you take all that stuff away, what's left? And I was surprised to find out like a lot is left, you know, animals are left and, uh, you know, uh, well, just animals, I guess that's the only thing that's left. Um, <laughs> no, I found out, yeah, I could talk about animals. I like, I like uh, certain, you know, talk about music that I like. I could talk about getting a haircut. There's just so many things that are available to be pitched in a funny way for that audience. So I was excited when I came up with that idea, which Stephanie Mayers, my manager, really helped me develop that idea because I didn't know exactly what it would be. Uh, and I really never looked back. I mean, I still do shows. I perform in, you know, night clubs sometimes. And um, I still just do my, I do this, the exact same act. People just don't know that it's, that kids could listen to it, you know? Um, <laughs> they Like they don't realize I did a show once with uh, I did an eight o'clock show somewhere and I did it was family friendly and then I had a 10 o'clock show after it and it was a different audience it was only adults the second show and one of the comics asked me what are you going to do for the second show what material I said the exact same material as the first show <laughs> um you know if people don't know that it's quote-unquote kid friendly then they don't really think about it I think I'm getting off topic of the original question um I forget how I did it <laughs> okay great no, that works for me. I was going to ask, has there been any struggle for you in maintaining that style in the context of like nightclubs and things like that? Because I know as someone in the comedy scene, I, I love the stuff that I do that's all ages, but there's always sort of, there's such an, an easy temptation to do stuff that caters more to a, a rowdy crowd just because that can sometimes be your audience in New York and Los Angeles and things like that. What has been your, what's <laughs> what's been your inspiration for sticking to it and um, has there been any like backlash throughout your stand-up career from doing this kind of material or is it always kind of lent to you well? That's a great question. And I did struggle with that early on because I thought, okay, well, if it's, you know, if I'm going on at 11 p.m. and it's a, in a bar and it's only adults, maybe I need to play the game a little bit more and give them what they want. I read this amazing story of Jerry Seinfeld who's one of my huge inspirations comedically, uh, that he was on a show somewhere and all the comics, this is long before he was famous, all the comics were, were doing pretty edgy stuff, let's say. Mm -hmm. and, and he went out and did his rather clean set and they didn't like it. He didn't go over well. And one of the other comics after the show asked them, they said, how come you didn't change it up for this room, for this crowd? And he said, I'm not focused on this room. I'm focused on getting on The Tonight Show. Mm. Like he had a whole other goal and so once I heard that and I thought, okay, I'm not trying to get on The Tonight Show, but I am trying to be the best entertainer I can be, uh, the funniest comedian I can be for family audiences. So that means then I'm just going to plow through it. If it's not working, if the room wants something edgier, I'm still going to just try to make my stuff as funny as it could be for them because that then makes me better at what I want to do rather than you know trying to change what I want to do for somebody else. Which is the right. secret to a lot of things, right? Don't change, do what you want to do as long as you're not hurting anybody and focus on that. And like the painting analogy, just a little bit of time, one show here, one show there. And pretty soon you got a couple hundred shows under your belt and you're like, oh, now I know how to deal with any audience and pitch them this same material and make it funny every time. I'm not saying I could do that, but that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to promote, you have an amazing Audible original that our listeners should definitely check out called This is a Family Show. So if you have Audible, check out Billy's stand-up. It's also got songs. Um, it's the whole package. And that came out 
just two years at 2020, which it's kind of still feels like it's 2020 sometimes. So it's kind of new, right? It's a new album. I think of it as a new album that came out March 5th, 2020. And then we know what happened after that. And all the shows (laughs) that I was planning to do to promote it and uh, all that stuff stopped. So I lost a lot of momentum after that, like everybody else. But I love that album. That's one of the things I think Trees and that album are the two things I'm the most proud of. I worked really hard to do that one and Audible was great to work with and the audience was great. And we just got a really nice, funny show. I get messages from people all the time saying that they listen with their kids and they play some tracks over and over again. And yeah, I'm very proud of that. And that's what I think that's what's next for me is another comedy album like that. I'd like to do a video, you know, like a special probably half an hour live comedy show with kids and and adults in the audience and then film that and make that available through my website or something. But the audible thing, that's sort of where I'm at now as a comedian. That was like the last thing that happened before the world stopped. Yeah. Well, I I love it. I love that you've done all of this type of work throughout the years, whether it's like children's music, comedy. And now at this point in your career, it kind of all seems to be blending together. And I think that's really cool. Thank you. I think you're really cool. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Um, So here at the Goober Hour, before we let you go, I always like to ask a question in my interviews that makes us stand out that a question that you've definitely never been asked before, (laughs) like a Goober exclusive. Yeah. And my question for you is, what is your dream treehouse? Let me know if you've been asked that before, by the way. That would be super embarrassing. No, I have not. I've been asked (laughs) my ideal treehouse. Um, but never uh, my dream tree house. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Um, my dream tree house, let's see, would be uh, like the, the Ewok village at the end of Return of the Jedi. I think multiple trees, ramps, rope slides, uh, a, a pool of some kind that I could jump into. And I would like to make C-3PO float in a chair. Mm. That's, a, that's a very specific Star Wars reference there. I don't know. If, uh, <laughs> I if got it. Seen, I got it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's about it. Actually, I have a dream tree house in my uh, shed because I bought some wood and told my kids once that I was going to build them a tree house and I never did it. So that tree house has remained nothing but a dream. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> since then. So, yeah. And they bring that up sometimes. I say, hey, look, I did a lot of other stuff. I wrote a song about butter. <laughs> Billy, where can our listeners find you if they have not already Googled you and found all of your work? Um, where's the best place mm. to find you? I am all over that there, Spotify. Uh, I always tell people I am available. My stuff is available wherever you go to illegally download music or stream it, you know, Spotify and all those things. And I have a website, which is um, a thing on the internet with words and pictures on it. They could find me there yeah, or just go outside and shout my name three times. And <laughs> there's a good chance I'll, I'll appear. Is that helpful at all? I could, this is me not being a good promoter. I don't know. I'm, my stuff's out there. If they want to find it, they could find it. <laughs> You know, if this show was had like an amazing, amazing demographic, there'd be tons of people outside right now just screaming yeah, your name. Shouting um, my luckily, name. Yeah. I think people in Morinsville, New Zealand and some town in Pittsburgh are on, only we'll those two. <laughs> only those two are doing that right now. So I wouldn't be too worried. We're not going to get any complaints. So that's all right. Good. So I'm not I haven't overextended myself here. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was a pleasure chatting with you. Best of luck at the EGOT ceremony. Thank you Thank for stopping you so by and come by anytime. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, cool. All right. We're not on the air tomorrow, but you can just hang out if you want. I'll see you, though. Oh, okay.
a winning, picking and a grinning. Lord, about a love to jam. Oh wow, jelly belly giggling, dancing and a wiggling. Honey, that's the way I am. Oh yeah. I look my heart in Texas, twirling my defectors. I keep it underneath my hat. Aurora Borealis, shining down in Dallas. Can you picture that? Can you picture that? Can you picture? I am so happy to report that was brand new music from the Muppets. The heckin' Muppets. They've got new music. they got a new Disney Plus series coming out. I, just, I can't wait. That is a little teaser from it. Um, and it was a re-record, of course, from the class. You know, if you're listening to the show, you know. That was, of course, a re-record of a classic from the Muppet movie. Can you picture? I didn't have to tell you that. I know you're a Muppet buff. What? Why else are you spending your hour listening to this? Come on. Before that, of course, I was chatting to the amazing Billy Kelly. If you want to hear our full interview with even juicier details, uh, make sure to check out our weekly wacky podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those places. You can hear the extended interview where I go even more in depth, if you can believe it, uh, into his career. Like I said, I'm a big fan. And hey, speaking of new music, we've also got some brand new music by Jazzy Ash and Red Yarn. I first heard about this a few months ago. I got super excited. They are collaborating on a whole collection of songs, and this is the very first single from it. This is Sing Together. And not to spoil anything, but they sing this one together. Just a lazy moose walking on the loose Sees a dragonfly as he's buzzing by The lazy moose says The dragonfly says And when they sing together When they sing together Just a morning dove crying for his love Sees a happy cat purring cause she's glad The morning dove cried The happy cat said And when they sing together Grumpy toad sitting by the road Sees a moose and dragonfly A cat and dove go by The grumpy toad croaks I ain't joining your folks The rest of them sing Hey, you're part of this thing And when we sing together When we sing together
want to dance? We've got a lot of question songs. That was Bobby Freeman with Do You Want to Dance? Uh, excuse me? Yes, Grandpa Gramps? What is all this talk about dancing going on? It was, it was singing, but yeah. Uh, what? I, I have this friend who doesn't know how to dance. You have a friend who A does- friend. It's not me, Trevor. Uh, but if hypothetically, mm-hmm. if I didn't... Know how to dance. Okay, um, no, well, no worries, uh, Grandpa Gramps. We've actually brought in the Goober Hours resident dance instructor. She's going to teach you all about it. Oh, goody. <laughs> Her name is Barbara Streisand. Oh, oh hi, Barbara. So, uh, so what do I do first? Put your hand on her waist and stand. Whose waist? There's no one here. With her right in your left hand. I'm confused. And? One. And then two. That's right. And one. Two. Two. Three. Five. Ah. Oh, blast it. One. Two. two three. This three. one. Oh, no, this one. Oh. And one. Two. Three. Four. One. Two. Three. Look! I'm dancing! Who's that guy? I was. Of course you were, Mr. Hack. Wait, I thought this was a private lesson. Take the someone whose arms you're in. Hold on to her tight and spin. And one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Look! I'm dancing! Turn around and turn around, try floating through the air. Can't you be a little more aesthetic? Don't you think my dancing has a polish and a flair? The word I think I'd use is athletic. (laughs) Well, my heart is about to burst. My head is about to pop. Wonderful, Mr. Hackle. Look, everybody! I, Cornelius Hackle's sport! I'm dancing! <laughs> You're next, Mr. Tucker. <gasps> Is there like a waiting list or something? Glide and step and then step <laughs> and glide. And everyone! Not on us. You can learn to poker if you work to eat gusso. All the tangles filled with passion seething. I might join the chorus of the <laughs> Castle Garden Show. Whatever you do, Mr. Tucker, keep, keep breathing. For my heart is about to burst. My head is about to pop. And now that we're dancing, who cares if we ever stop? Hey, where did all these people come from? Marla. And this is Amy Lisa from Brighter Light Brigade. And you're listening to the Goober Hour. <laughs> on the tree 
Light Brigade reminding us that we are officially saying goodbye to summer very, very soon. And I, it, it kind of already feels like it's gone. You know, it's a bit of a distant relative at this point. And we're not just saying goodbye to summer. Unfortunately, we're also saying goodbye to the Goober Hour for now. But if you want to stay tuned and see what we're up to through the week, if you want to check back, listen to old episodes, the best place to do that is thegooberhour.com. We appreciate your visits over there. That's also where you can find the Goober Club, which is the best way to support the show. You can join our club, get early access to the episodes, and a Goober code name and certificate. It's very official. Thanks, as always, for listening on Jump 105.3, Positively Morinsville 87.7, PRX, and, of course, thegooberhour.com. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. You can also find us on socials at The Goober Hour. And why wouldn't you? We're a ton of fun. Thank you for hanging out with me. I'll see you next time. But until then... Goodbye! There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Just a dream of